Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Welcome back. Listen to Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana each and every weekday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. We do this from 4 to 6 p.m. each and every weekday. So thanks so much for joining us. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, good first hour. Talked all things baseball and national championship basketball game last night with Matt Ellis from the Missoula Paddleheads. We also were joined by National three-point shooting champion Tori Martell from the Montana State women's basketball team after she won the Rocket Mortgage three-point shooting contest at the men's Final Four in Indianapolis last week. And uh, then we also talked, of course, because we do this every day, about the demise of various athletic departments in the Big Sky Conference, specifically with the men's and women's basketball openings at Portland State currently, as well as Kim Aiken from Eastern Washington transferring to Arizona if you missed anything in the first hour, you can find it on the podcast, which is available on all your various podcasting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, five stars preferably. We appreciate you for listening in, downloading all those good things. The podcast is presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. 
Want to give us a call? Shoot us a text. It's easy. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And that's where we go now to welcome in Justin Angle. It is a business angle, which is presented by Blackfoot Communications. And Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start there. I know this wasn't on the outline, but Tori Bartell, if you hadn't heard, she's a senior at Montana State. She went and participated in the NCAA Women's Basketball three-point shooting contest at the Men's Final Four last week. And oh, by the way, she won it. So she was on national TV for a couple hours straight wearing her Montana State jersey. She gets interviewed on all the national shows afterwards. So just from a marketing perspective, that has to be worth quite a bit of money, the exposure that she garnered for Montana State last week. Oh, my gosh, totally. I mean, you can't uh, – well, you could. That would be an interesting project to try to put a dollar value on the exposure for the brand. And um, But you can't – I mean, you can't, like – you can't pay for that kind of exposure. I mean, it's, it's organic, it's real. And she rose to the occasion at Montana State and her teammates in the program. Uh, they'll probably derive a lot of benefits from that exposure. No doubt, Justin. Good to be talking with you again. And on the theme of college basketball, we're going to go a couple different directions here in the in the in during this chat. But on the theme of college basketball and just the ratings, the exposure of the NCAA tournament coming to completion. I think back in November, we weren't sure that we would get to this date. But but as far as maybe the perception of the tournament as well, and the viewership as well, how would you best assess and what was it like? Did you how much did you catch of the tournament? Take us through uh, just your observations of the NCAA tournament coming to a close now. Yeah, I mean, last week we talked about kind of some of the equity issues with the player accommodations. Um, you know, that's still an outstanding issue, and you know, we'll see sort of how the NCAA deals with that if, if there's if there's any more fallout coming at the leadership level. But set that aside for a moment. I mean, I think the product was pretty darn good. I think, you know, on the men's side, like not having the Dukes of the world, uh, you know, and, and Kentucky not in the tournament for the first time in many, many years, like that, that, that may be attributed to some lower ratings. The, uh, the men's final game ratings just came in before uh, I got on uh, with you guys, down 14% from 2019. Um, it's hard to know exactly why that is. I mean, maybe it's because it never was a close game. Gonzaga really was never in it. Um, the women's game uh, drew strong ratings, almost $4 million, and that's in line with previous years. Um, so pretty strong uh, ratings on the women's side. You know, I think uh, as far as the NCAA is concerned, overall, like, the bubble system worked, and we saw it work in the NBA Finals. We talked about that. And it was well replicated um, in both the men's and women's side. COVID was not much of an issue. So I think the NCAA and, and the schools involved had to chalk this up as a pretty big success um, under this environment. We've seen the, the trend and prevalence of quote-unquote cord cutting across uh, America. And I think that one of the reasons people do keep your standard cable package or you know, your standard satellite package is for live sports. But then we've also seen the live sports that are on the networks uh, take hits in the ratings. So what do you think are the factors right now that are impacting uh, live the, the, the consumption of live sports in general and the consumption of live events, whether they're on network TV or cable TV? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Well, there's a lot of variables at play here. I think cord cutting is a big part of it. So people are consuming these events, um, 
you know, through different types of devices, watching it on their phone, watching it on, uh, you know, a tablet, on their computer. You know, I think one thing we've learned is like, people want their entertainment when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. So, you know, though live events are still, and particularly sporting events, are kind of the one of the sole remaining things that would cause people to gather around a TV at a specific time in a specific place, there's still ways around that um, where you can get the game uh, on a live stream, and that's harder to detect um, through the, well, it, it won't show up in those traditional ratings numbers. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked about this before, like you know, how, how do these, who, who's going to have the power in, in how this thing shakes out? Is it going to be the NCAA? Is it going to be the colleges and the teams? Is it going to be the networks? It seems, uh, or is it going to be some other um, delivery mechanism? Who, you know, is it, is it, is it Amazon? Is it Disney? Is it Netflix getting into live sports? We're going to see that sort of transform over the years to come. Justin Engel joining us. He's a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School. It is a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. We do this every other Tuesday. And we're going to be back on track now that we are into April and we're back in the saddle here at Nuanez now. Justin, transitioning on you, Major League Baseball, they pulled their All-Star game out of Atlanta. It was supposed to be hosted in Atlanta this year. Instead, they decided to pull out and uh, they're moving it. I, I guess I haven't heard. I, I know this was announced yesterday, but it's slipping in my mind. Where where are they moving the Major League Baseball All Star Game? Do we remember? It's going to yeah the Rock the Denver Rock Denver. That's Stadium. right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So tell us just about what I mean from a business perspective, though. I mean it's a hit to the city of Atlanta certainly to not have a sporting event like this. But I mean, what do you think of just sort of all the, the details that go into uh, the, the the politicization of the moving of sporting events, and then how that might then trickle down economically? Yeah, the, these these situations are are tough to evaluate in some ways. Uh, we talked, we've talked about this quite a few times. Like it's getting more and more difficult to. A lot of people look to sports as a way to escape politics, and it's getting more and more difficult um, to do that. Um, some, from the viewer standpoint, you know, I, I think there's some people that are probably frustrated. But on the other hand, I mean. This is, there's also some simplicity to this decision as well. I mean, it's an instance where I think probably doing the right thing aligned with doing the right thing for the business. That's not, that's not always the way it is. I mean, you think back a few years and, you know, a certain sensibility could argue that, you know, from a civil rights standpoint, it was the right thing to support Colin Kaepernick, but no team would sign him. Right, he just seemed like that was not worth the risk to alienating the fan base. Uh, similarly, baseball didn't move spring training out of Arizona when it passed a really controversial anti-immigration bill back in 2010. In this case, it was pretty clear that the majority of Major League Baseball viewers, the majority of voters in the country, don't think very highly of the Georgia voting, voting rights bill. And so moving it out, uh, moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta seemed like the right thing to do for Major League Baseball because they didn't want to be seen as rewarding Atlanta for that or rewarding the state of Georgia um, for that legislation. At the same time, though, these moves are not without consequence. Um, 
you know, moving a game like that out of the city of Atlanta has big effects on local businesses. You know, the small business owners that own the bars and the Uber drivers and all these people that provide support for all the people coming in for the game, and they're going to be hurt by this too. And so if your objective as Major League Baseball is to exert some political pressure um, in favor of some value, well, you know, how, what's the best way to do that? Is, is skipping town the best way to do that, or is staying in town and trying to do something to more directly influence the legislature? You know, I'm not sure which way to go, um, but it's, it's, it's a decision not without consequence for all involved. I don't want to go too far down the political rabbit hole on this, but there there is a connection here to the Montana side of things because we've seen now in the past, North Carolina passed some pretty controversial laws having to do with uh, transgender people. Um, yep. And there's similar sorts of, of legislation that's at least been talked about in the Montana legislature right now. But the way that that could then directly affect, this is what, this is what I think escapes people sometimes. College football, the college football playoff is not, it's not um, governed by the NCAA. It's not put on by the NCAA. The FCS National Championship, the FCS playoffs is. It's an NCAA sanctioned event. It's the NCAA's football championship. So if Montana were to pass those laws and the NCAA was to decide then we're not going to allow our uh, events to be hosted in states with these laws, that could then cost Montana and Montana State home football games. I don't know if people have considered that. And I'm not saying the legislation should be all, all the way tied to the potential of playoff revenue in college football, but it, it, these things could directly affect the economy and the economic impact in small towns like Bozeman and Missoula, as well as uh, the ability for some of these football programs to host big-time playoff games. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's great foresight, Coulter. You know, we don't know how it shakes out, but, you know, increasingly um, it's hard to avoid. Well, I don't know if it's hard to avoid, but increasingly state legislatures are passing legislation that uh, corporations or large institutions and organizations are having a problem with, um, whether that's a sporting organization or whether it's like Coca-Cola and, and Delta, um, you know, voicing their opposition to the Georgia law in particular, uh, you know, these things have, have ripple effects. And, and we've kind of, it's interesting too, like a, a lot of this has been, in, you know, in, in the last few years has been Republican legislatures. Republican legislatures have, been, you know, or the Republican Party has long been kind of aligned with corporate interest and, in, you know, in small business and so forth. Um, yet we're sort of seeing maybe an inversion of that, 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 um, and I don't necessarily know how it plays out at the policy level, but businesses are starting to make more active choices about where they locate, not so much based on the tax policy and financial implications of locating in a particular market, but, but the social dynamics and social policies of, of those states and communities as well. So maybe a little flipping of the uh, priorities for these companies. We'll see how it plays out. And keeping it with the baseball theme, Justin, obviously some noteworthy news as we call it kind of navigate the next couple months together and as a nation just to see the difference in crowd size. And I'm going into the Texas Rangers ballpark. They allowed 38,000 fans. They've announced full capacity for the entire season at Globe Life Field. That also was the venue of the World Series from last year where they announced a limited crowd of about 10,000. But how much are you going to 
see the trend here of just how different it is from uh, state to state of how they allow fans and how it's just so interesting to me to see how divided we are. You only really have to see really how each state is operating with this, but maybe just the impact um, that you see from different arenas and obviously Texas allowing just a full capacity crowd. It was very weird to see, that is for sure. Yeah, it was a little unnerving. I looked at the, the highlights of that, and it was like, is this, did this happen last night? Is that for real? Uh, you know, in some ways, it, it, in some ways, it's great to see, but in other ways, it, it, it makes me a little nervous for obvious reasons. I mean, there is research that just came out. Uh, I saw a study in Lancet uh, that came out over the last few days that there, there is some COVID spikes attributable to NFL games in stadiums where there were more fans than another than other games. So, and that's not is totally surprising. I mean, you put more people in a confined space, and you're going to get more COVID there. Um, but I do think it's really interesting from a, a management perspective. I mean, you've got states with different policies, counties with different policies. You know, what is the best way for Major League Baseball to deal with that? I mean, I would think some sort of centralized decision-making about how all the teams should um, should navigate, uh, you know, how many people to put in their stadiums. That should, To me, that should be centralized. I mean, Major League Baseball should be thinking about that at the system level um, because otherwise, you know, you're, 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 you risk kind of all kinds of unpredictable effects. You know, if, if Texas is doing it one way, California is doing it another, New York's doing it another, um, Missouri's doing it another, whatever, um, you could end up with all kinds of problems across the league. And I don't think the league wants that. So Business Nagle with Justin Nagle. Justin Nagle is a business professor at the University of Montana Business School. We do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Business Nagle is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications. Switching gears on to one last time here, Justin. Let's talk about NFTs. I was not very familiar with this until you put this in the document, so I'll let you explain it. What is an NFT and how does this relate to sports? Yeah, well, NFTs are all the rage right now. Um, it stands for non-fungible token. And fungible just means that, um, well, that, that one thing can be exchanged for another. So like, a, you know, U.S. currency, the dollar is fungible. Bitcoin is fungible in that you can trade one Bitcoin for another. It's identical. What a, non, what a non-fungible token is, is that it, it's like a digital proof of ownership. And we're seeing this emerge as this hot new um, form of asset, um, and, you know. And it's being, and people are putting tokens on all kinds of different things, artwork, digital artwork. There was a piece that sold um, at auction by an artist, a digital artist named Beeple. It went for sixty nine million dollars, and people are spending tons of money for this, these certifications of ownership, and, and I'm trying to get my head around it. Part of me feels like this could be huge, this could be the next thing, this could be the way that blockchain technology transforms our whole system, or it could be just another bubble and another fad, and, and it could mean nothing. It's hard for me to get my head around um, how this proof of ownership matters when it's on something that, you know, a digital asset that we can all view. I mean, who, who really cares 
uh, you know, if I own it. Um, but it does have implications for, you know, how things are uh, priced into the future, um, what we can put a token on and what we can't. We could put a token on this show. I don't know if anybody would pay for it, but we could try. <laughs> um, so, and, and then with regard to memorabilia and collectibles, I think that's where most of the talk is in sports, sort of using NFTs to prove that you have um, an authentic ownership of a particular you know, digital asset, you know, a recording of a game, a picture of a shot, or whatever it is. Um, but I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, you know, seven-layer chess exercises of how this, this thing's going to play out, and, and I'm just... Like I said, thinking about it kind of hurts my brain, and that tells me that there's a lot interesting there. Last question, then. How does this relate to then memorabilia, collectibles, things like that? Because it seems like there's some sort of correlation there. Well, I, I think, you know, one of the... the, the one of the benefits of working in the blockchain is it's this distributed ledger, right? So you can tell, you can verify transactions and you can tell, um, it's a verifiable record that nobody can hack, right? So if you're talking about a record of transactions for memorabilia, whether it's physical memorabilia or digital memorabilia, which is kind of growing in popularity, part, partially because of these NFTs, you can know for sure who owns what. And there's a record of that. And so when it comes to trading memorabilia or it comes to markets for memorabilia, this proof of ownership, I think, is going to be a part of how that market operates. You're going to have to provide proof of ownership. These NFTs are a way to provide that proof of ownership. You can't forge it because there is a blockchain that would reveal any corruption of the, of the chain of ownership. Um, so I think that's probably how it's going to play out with uh, memorabilia and collectibles. Justin, this has been great. This is also not the only audio <laughs> recording that you do. So tell us what's going on. I know you guys uh, just rolled out your um, your most recent Fires podcast, and you also have the New Angle podcast as well. So just tell us what's going on in your whole podcast network that you produce for all the great people of uh, not just the state of Montana, but anywhere. Indeed. Well, your listeners might be interested in today's episode of A New Angle. It features Megan Harrington, former Grizz and current football or former Lady Grizz and current uh, filmmaker. She made a documentary called The House That Rob Built about Coach Robin Selvig and the incredible community of, of young women he's built, he built over the years. Uh, we talked about my interview with them a few weeks ago when I, when I had spoken to them while well, the podcast itself came out today. Um, really liked where it landed and and and, and there's such interesting folks and important characters in this community um and then on the on the other side the fire podcast fireline today we released episode five um in this seven part series today's episode feature features um uh kind of focuses on the stresses that firefighters face and how difficult the job is, how it's gotten more difficult over time, and um, you know, some, of the, some of the consequences in, in the lives of uh, firefighters that they face from, from doing this hard job to protect all of us. Rate, review, subscribe, all the great podcasts that we present to you. Justin, this has been great. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks, but thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, fellas. Be well. Business Angle with Justin Angle. 
we got to get out because we have Salvo Copa. He's an assistant for the Arizona women's basketball team. They just played in the national championship game on Sunday. They fell just short against Stanford, but a great run by the Wildcats. And Salvo Copa, he also used to be an assistant coach at Montana State. He used to be the roommate of one Riley Corcoran on road trips from time to time. So maybe get into some good memories as well. Get ready because MissoulaEvents.net is getting cheesy. Hashtag Spread the Chet is a week-long celebration of the best and brightest artists, entertainers, and small businesses and causes that make the Missoula community so unique. Stay in the loop for all the live and local events that start streaming April 6th. By the way, that's today at MissoulaEvents.net backslash Cheddarboard. That's MissoulaEvents.net backslash Cheddarboard. Salvo Copa. University of Arizona women's assistant, former Montana State assistant, on Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Listen to Nuana is now. 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuana. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, sitting in with me as he does each Monday and Tuesday. And we are happy now to welcome in a fun guest to this show. He's a former Montana State women's basketball assistant, but now currently an assistant coach for the Arizona Wildcats, and they just played in the national championship game on Sunday. It's Salvo Copa. And Coach Copa, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. Everything is good. Thank you very much. What an unbelievable run, Salvo. It's great to be talking with you again. We, we've kind of hinted on it uh, on the show about me and you being roommates back at Montana State. So we're, we'll talk about that here in a moment. But uh, just talk about this wild ride for you guys the last couple of weeks from going uh, with good expectations going into the tournament, Salvo, to making it all the way to the championship game and now finally back home. Just maybe try and sum up what the last couple of weeks have been like because you guys obviously were in the bubble down in San Antonio as well. So just sum it up for us a little bit yes absolutely uh, so we we came to the uh, tournament uh, you know we we had a couple of losses. one actually was against uh, uh, Stanford and uh, um, we were very uh, very motivated especially the players uh, wanted uh, to prove that um, that you know that uh, we could uh, go uh, far in the tournament but at the same time uh, all of us was talking about uh, winning just one game, thinking only about one game, and um, and that's what what we did. You know, we uh, played, we lived the moment, and uh, at the end we we went to the final. Uh, it was unexpected. A lot of people didn't believe in us, but what I can say, uh, 
every single players believed that uh, we could make it and uh, credit to them uh, it's a great group great group of players great group of people and um, and we went far um, the life in the bu- in the bubble uh, was great you know as you know I was with my family because my idea is uh, my wife and we have a uh, daughter that is uh, six months old and a son that is five years old. They were with us. So the challenge was, uh, you know, taking care of, especially of the five-year-old They're in a bubble for two weeks and a half. It wasn't the easiest thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. No doubt. And Salvo, I think that there was a lot of people that obviously loved your guys' story as you guys continued to advance and beat Texas A&M and beat, beat Indiana to go to the Final Four. And then obviously the win over UConn. I mean, that, that to me is one that is so historic on so many different levels because, and me and you were texting about this back and forth, but it brings it full circle. I mean, eight years ago, me and you were driving in a car to go from Fargo to Grand Forks and then from there you are playing against Gino Ariema in the final four and then you guys beat UConn how unbelievable is that and what was it like just the build up salvo to get ready to take on UConn and obviously you guys were able to beat them pretty convincingly I mean Riley you you told everything I tell you more uh, when I was a young coach 22 years old I used to watch uh, Gino Ariema on TV and you know and I'm like oh wow what a a great coach is winning every year you know and uh, all of us in Italy he's Italian all of us in Italy um, talk about him and uh, in a certain moment after I came to the United States in 2012 and uh, you know you arrive in 2021 and in that moment you face uh, him and you're like all right uh, we're in the final four and we're facing Gino Riemma uh, 12 13 years ago I was watching him on TV from Italy and you know he only lasts like five seven seconds you know and then you think about the game and uh you put emotions apart and uh it was a great game i believe we we won because our players uh, played tremendous defense uh, we didn't let them um, uh, start um, their offense we our game plan was trying to break their spacing, their timing on offense, because they're such a great offensive team. Uh, we didn't want them to shoot behind the pick and roll and uh, behind the handoff, and they do it so well. And the player executed the game plan um, uh, great. We were also telling to the players, look, we have to take away the offensive rebound, take away their back door, and uh, uh, take care of uh, of uh, fast break points. If we do that, even a great team like Connecticut is going to have our time to score 60 points. And they did it. Let them score 59. And um, I believe that this was the key uh, to win the game. Salvo Copa joining us. He is an assistant coach for the Arizona women's basketball team, also a former Montana State assistant women's basketball coach. And Salvo, you mentioned the fact that Oh, by the way, one of the rising stars in the coaching business is, in fact, not only your wife, but also sort of your boss. So tell us about that element of this, though, because you obviously it's great to have exposure for your, your, your team and your athletes. But what was it like having the exposure be also on a family level? Because you guys got a lot of attention, a lot of really good attention. But it must have been sort of interesting to have you know your wife 
put on this pedestal as the star and your kids, you know, the, the family element of it, talked about on the national level by the media. What was that element like for you? No, it, it was great. You know, and, um, and, uh, no, when, when we work, we work. We don't even think about being uh, husband and wife. Uh, plus, when we met uh, each other, I was a coach in Italy. She was a player. Uh, in Italy, we played against each other. Um, when I was uh, coaching at Montana State, she was a coach at Washington, and we played against each other even then. And now, you know, we are in the same bench. She's my head coach, and, um, you know, it's great. She, I always say she's a, a player's coach. She played at such a high level that she understands their uh, need, um, and, uh, and they love her. They play so hard for her. And my background is different. I started coaching so young. My father is a coach too, so my background is more um, coaching background. I believe that we complete each other and um, we have a very group united, um, united group of staff. Our uh, coaches, Tamisha Gostin and uh, Jackie Nard, um, you know, they're amazing. They're amazing people. And, um, and we work very well together. And Salvo, you lead me right into it because you guys are such a perfect pair. And it's so fun to watch game plans kind of come together for you guys during this run. I watched every game all the way to it. You guys did not allow anyone to score 60 points in the entire tournament, which is amazing. Six straight games, and uh, you have that defensive identity. And I'd like you to, to maybe go into a little bit more of your background because you talk about your dad, Centino, who is a Euro Cup champion. And, and I know how much, even when we, our paths crossed, but Ettore Messina as well, who's an assistant for the San Antonio Spurs, great Italian background, obviously won a championship with Greg Popovich. But tell us about maybe some of the influences that have created your basketball identity Identity. Because, Coach, I know that you like taking the back seat, and obviously uh, Adia was phenomenal, but your defensive identity was sprinkled all over this team. And just maybe talk about some of your coaching influences and how it's led you to the strengths and, and how you guys make such a good pair. Look, um, I give all the credit to the players regarding the defense. They are tough. They are competitors. They are, um, they, they, you know, they, they want to win, and they want to win in the defensive and uh, we obviously we obviously work a lot on defense. Um, every day we work on the basic, on the balance, on the sliding drift. I'm telling you the real basic stuff. Nothing too complicated, but we work on their uh, basic balance or then on their foot or on their one-on-one. Regarding my father, he's, he's my teacher, uh, especially. Uh, offensively, he taught me a lot of offensive fundamentals, and uh, he gave me uh, a lot. Also, the friendship that he has. One of his uh, friends um, is Ettore Messina. They um, run clinics together, and, um, and they knew each other. And uh, the first time I saw him, I went to see his practices. Uh, I went to see different practices when he was coaching Cesca Moscow, Real Madrid. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, and uh, now he's the president and the head coach of Olympia Milan. I went to see him again. I went to watch his practices, and I learned his um, philosophy. He taught me uh, a lot, especially on the defensive end. Uh, he's a master. He's, a, he's a, one of the best coaches in the world, and 
you know, I have, if I have to say thanks to uh, two people, I would say my father and Ettore Messina. I see basketball like they see basketball. I learn from them. Obviously, we are different people, but um, I see uh, basketball like they uh, do. And, uh, and, and I'm very thankful to them. Salvo Copa joining us. He's the assistant coach for the Arizona women's basketball team, formerly a Montana State assistant coach. Spent a couple seasons on Trisha Benford's staff. So i got to ask you about that experience. What was your experience in Montana like? And I know that you and Riley spent some time together, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but the fact that you had to share a car and sometimes a hotel room with this guy, I mean, take us back to your days in Bozeman. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't have good uh, memories about that because I tell you, I come from Sicily in Italy where the weather is like Southern California or like Florida in the summer and uh, Montana is a little bit different. So every time we went to the room, I was the one that took the decision. The heater was always at 85 degrees and he couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand it, but you know, he's like, Riley, that's my rule. I'm older than you. You just, you, know, you you need to adapt, adapt. <laughs> and I adapted for sure, Salvo. The, the, it was a good weight loss technique for me. That's kind of how I, uh, I figured. Uh, you know, you wake up sweating every day. It was great as well. When you go back, I mean, some of the road trips obviously are great memories for me and you. But when you think just about learning American basketball or just college basketball in general, what did this Montana State job or just the, the one-year experience teach you? I mean, we joke about it, but just flying into Fargo and driving to Grand Forks, North Dakota or Greeley, Colorado or just unique places like no, that. What no. did Montana State teach you from that angle, Salvo? So, so my friend, first of all, don't talk about driving. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about... Navigation and driving are not Salvo strong suits. <laughs> <laughs> no, driving, you know, I mean, driving in the snow was a challenge for me, so I rather don't talk about that. Actually, Riley was driving in the second half of the season. <laughs> I just sit in the car. But regarding jokes apart regarding basketball you know it was a great experience my best memories um were for sure was uh, trisha uh, being for that uh, gave me the first opportunity uh, in uh, college basketball she believed in me she trusted me and um and i'm thankful for that i'm for sure a great coach uh, but more than that i remember her as a person i met her family her dad her mom and um at the end of the day is the relationship that are more important than, than anything and uh, I, re- I i remember her as a very very good person no doubt about it, as are you. We're talking with Salvo Copa, assistant coach for Arizona women's basketball. They took second and went all the way, one point away in the Final Four, uh, went to the championship game on Sunday. People forget they won the WNIT the previous season, so a really good two-year run for the Wildcats. Spent the 2013-14 season at Montana State. Salvo, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, so many people, I'm sure, have reached out to you and your family the last couple of weeks. Um, as far as that outpouring of support who what has it been like uh, i'm sure maybe overwhelming at times for you and adia but what has it been like just to hear from so many people i saw that you were going back and forth on twitter with magic johnson i mean that helps you go full circles he was watching your guys's run so what has that been like as you have some time obviously to reflect on the special year that you guys put together you know it, it was it was a great year a lot of work 
uh, and, and you know, it started with this uh, COVID situation that was very uncomfortable, especially for the players. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I can't, and I, I wouldn't know how how to do it. I mean, if I think about myself at 18, dealing with all these uh, COVID rules, don't go out, wear the mask, how tough would have been. Our players were uh, so mature, and, and it shows that their mental toughness. Uh, for us, it was um, hard too. You know, we had a kid in 2020, um, September, right in the middle of the pandemic, and um, the first uh, three weeks, the um, couldn't come to practice. Obviously, as she just delivered the baby, and I don't even know how. After three weeks, she was just in practice, standing up and uh, running practices. It's just not uh, something you see every day. So I, I would say that this was um, a year of uh, uh, adversity. Adversity that um, the players um, uh, and the players did a very good job to overcome adversity. Um, we were together. Uh, we were always united. And uh, this made the, the difference. Even in the hard moments, you know, when we were losing the few games that we uh, lost, uh, but our reaction to that adversity was always positive. And um, probably this was our strength. Salvo Copa, University of Arizona women's basketball assistant coach, married to head coach Adia Barnes. One of the great stories of this March Madness. Salvo, it's great catching up with you. Thanks so much for joining us, man, and be well. Best of luck with everything with you and your family. Thanks, Salvo. Thank you so much, and good luck. We're up against it, but just a quick bulletin board. It is the first Tuesday of the month. So that means it is time for quickly, just our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola in Missoula. It's about summer camp sign-up time. Summer's on the horizon, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on. The Hall of Fame Sports Academy is celebrating 20 years in Missoula with sports camps every week of the summer, offering a huge variety of sports for kids ages 5 through 14, tennis, lacrosse, soccer, dodgeball, archery, and much more. To find out more information, all you got to do is visit HallOfFameSportsAcademy.com. HallOfFameSportsAcademy.com for more information to sign up. University of Montana, they remain undefeated in women's soccer, by the way. Uh, great story. They're up. They're climbing the RPI rankings. Nationally they're, ranked? They're nationally ranked right now. It's an awesome story. But they'll have several youth soccer camps for grades uh, 1st through 7th grade and uh, also a college ID camp for 8th graders and up for kids who want to gain experience if they want to play at the collegiate soccer level. Chris Soccer believes in developing winners for life. This is achieved by focusing on the person as well as developing the player. In his couple years leading the University of Montana soccer team, Coach Chris Chitavisky has had an approach that has led to Big Sky playoff title in 2018 and an undefeated regular season championship in 2019. Visit MontanaSoccer.com for more info on those great soccer camps. And the YMCA also has a ton of sports Summer camps for kids of all ages, soccer, fly fishing, football, volleyball, triathlon training, just to name a few. Visit MissoulaYMCA.org for more info. So your website's there, HalloFameSportsAcademy.com, MontanaSoccerCamps.com, YMCA.org. It is the youth sports segment presented by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. More on Nuanas now right after this. 
The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Welcome back. Duana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Miss anything in the show? It was a great show. Matt Ellis from Missoula Paddleheads stopped by to talk all things baseball. We also jo- joined by Tori Martell, a, a women's basketball standout from Montana State who recently captured the national championship in the three point shooting contest. Justin Angle stopped by for the business angle. The overlay between business and sports. He is a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School. We're also joined by Salvo Copa. He's an assistant women's basketball coach at Arizona. They just played for the national championship. He is also married to Arizona head coach Adia Barnes and is a former Montana State women's basketball coach as well. If you missed anything in that show, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you're watching on SWX Montana, you've been able to see the great painting that we have in the background. If you're listening on the radio, it's a painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson at the base of Mount Sentinel. Uh, I think that I scared all you people by saying I want you to write an essay. Nobody's going to want to write an Told essay. Told you that word, I, man. I realized word that. Word choice. I know, I know. <laughs> so here's what we're doing. We're altering, or, or we're altering the competition. I'm giving you this painting. This thing's worth a, a retail value of probably six to $700, including the frame. So what we need, I'm going to post it on Facebook. Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. All you got to do is go there and comment. Give me your best football memories just on Facebook. It's very easy. Just comment, or you can do it on Twitter as well. Put it on Twitter as well, but any sort of social media interaction. And then once we get all of the uh, entries piled together, then we will uh, pick a winner next Friday leading up to Montana's second and final home spring football game against Portland State. So uh, just go on our Facebook. It'll be up there here uh, just in a quick minute. And just leave us a comment, and uh, that's all you got to do. Uh, comments on your favorite football memory from Montana. Your chance to win. Uh, awesome painting. Painted by former Grizz wide receiver Ryan Bagley. If you want to buy one of these, you want a sweatshirt with this uh, art on it as well. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 